Hi friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. My name is Chris and I'm your host and uh, this is your discipleship podcast, your weekly uh, input really on your discipleship and spiritual formation. And we've been working through the Sermon on the Mount, it's been going for quite a while now. I appreciate those of you that are like, let's just get this finished. We are getting pretty close to the end, there's only a few more weeks left. Um, but this is the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus's big pronouncement about what life in the kingdom looks like. And if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you really need to get your head around the kingdom. The kingdom of God is so upside down. It's so different to everything else that's out there, uh, which means we have to get our head around it. Well, what what is this upside down kingdom where the last are first and the first are last? What is this? And Jesus has been teaching. He's been making pronouncements of this is what the kingdom of God looks like. And he's got to the end of the sermon. It's right at the very end in in Matthew chapter 7, where Jesus gives three warnings. And uh, he's leaving us right at the very end uh, with three little statements around... uh, essentially you know be aware of this this is really important so you know the first one was about persistence uh, and in the kingdom being persistent asking seeking and knocking and this whole idea of persistence 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 things are not going to come to you uh, the first time you ask things are not going to be simple things are not going to be easy to understand this kingdom and to work in this kingdom there's going to be persistence ask seek knock and now jesus has got to this another little line about the narrow gates the wide and the narrow gates we're going to look at today and the next week we'll be looking at jesus's warning about false prophets so essentially jesus warns us to be persistent he warns us uh, around the uh the kingdom of god the entry point to the kingdom is like a a gateway that's what we're going to look at today this narrow and wide gate a warning you might be walking through the wrong gates and finally he then gives us a warning on uh, prophets and false teachers and then it it will all end then friends it will all end then with the story of the wise and foolish builders so we're getting really close to the end and it's been all about discipleship and spiritual formation forming us in the likeness of Jesus as we learn to love our enemies give to the needy to pray be persistent to not live our lives the way that culture wants us to live our lives so we'll jump in and we'll talk about this next little bit of the sermon on the mount because we're getting really close to the end so let's press on hey when we're done with this series is there anything you'd like us to be looking at uh, are there any topics that you think this should be really good for us to look at from a discipleship perspective? Do let me know because I'm really up for speaking into whatever areas of discipleship and formation uh, you might find really helpful. So do, do, do let me know. Uh, you can do that through, um, I've had to say Twitter, whatever that's called now, Instagram, Facebook. You can direct message me on any of those. And I'd love to hear from you about what you would like us to look at. Uh, one other thing, massive thank you to those of you that continue to support the podcast through Buy Is A Coffee. Um, it's just a great way of encouraging us as we record these, edit these and put them out. It's to have a bit of that support. So if you want to support us by buying us a coffee, hey, go for it. You are very, very welcome to do that. Okay, so let's jump in as we look at Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Just two little verses uh, that Jesus uh, speaks about wide and narrow gateways. So 
So let's dive in and read together from Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says this, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. It's interesting, actually, that Jesus is talking about gateways and pavements, uh, you know, walkways, because, you know, if you've ever got to visit Jerusalem, one of the things that's really sweet is um, just there are some entry points like the Jaffa Gate that is really wide. It's a big, big entry point to the city. And as you go in, the road leading up to it is very broad and the road goes through into the city and it is still quite broad for for quite a little walkway before it all then breaks off and, and shrinks down. That there are other gateways, maybe a little bit like the Damascus Gate, that is still large-ish, but it's certainly smaller than the entry point at the Jaffa Gate. And the road out of Damascus was a slightly smaller road. Uh, but then you've got other entry points that are much, much smaller. So just to the left, of the Damascus Gate is another entry point to the city of Jerusalem. It's one of the original entryways into the city. And it's a gateway that is probably about a metre meter wide, a metre and a bit wide, which from a city point of view is actually a very narrow gate. You think about how big a city is and how many people you need to get in and out. So the Jaffa Gate is big gate. St Stephen's Gate, you know, the gate where Stephen got um, stoned. Uh, you know, stoned to death. These gates are big gates, they're wide gates. Uh, but then you have these narrow ways, these smaller ways, and they were harder to find. If you were trying to get around the city, it was easier to see where lots of people were filing in. And, and the city of Jerusalem has got bigger. You know, the city that you visit now is a bigger city. Um, so there was lots of these little smaller entry points as well as the larger entry points and the smaller points. You could walk past them. It was so easy not to spot them. And we've talked about it before on the podcast, but, you know, there's this whole discussion around... Um, uh the eye of the needle gates you know city cities wanted to close their doors at night and they would have these very small entry points called the eye of the needle gates and uh, the idea was you couldn't get a camel through them but you as a human being could squeeze through and there's actually several of them still in the city of jerusalem and it's terribly difficult to get in through them and the idea was at night uh it would stop bandits coming in and um uh, taking over the city while everybody was asleep because you couldn't get in fast enough it was such a narrow way so it's like jesus is using the infrastructure of the city and it's not just city of jerusalem you know we're talking about cities across uh the region you know if you go to ephesus caesarea philippi you, you would find these entry points you'd find these gates you'd find these narrow ways and jesus is using this cultural design the architecture of a city and he's applying it to the entry to the kingdom of God, the city of God. And, uh, and and therefore, let me just read it to us again. The entry, so enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate that roads, uh, sorry, wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through that gate. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. So many Middle Eastern cities were 
a little bit like mazes. It was really hard to navigate them because they had so many little narrow walkways and little corners that you would turn. And as things had been built, you know, it, it wasn't like a Roman city where everything was very straightforward and straight. Uh, you know, you go to the city of New York, you, you, you've you got these very straight roads. That's not what Jerusalem's like. It is weaving and ducking and diving as you walk through these narrow ways. So this is what Jesus is speaking about. You know, if the kingdom of God is a city, then actually the entryway is hard to find. So Jesus is talking about the narrow path. Um, so this is what I want to explore. And I think there's a couple of different ways I want to explore it today. I think I'm going to be really careful because uh, I want to make sure that, that you guys, the listeners, hear what I'm trying to say. Uh, and I might reiterate this a few times. But I think there's one way of reading this passage that actually approaches the passage from what I would describe as a, a, a small-minded way or a narrow-minded way. Because... There are times when some people's theology is so narrow. This this is the uh, this is the correct doctrines of the church, and if you're not going to enter God through these cor- these correct doctrines, uh, then you're actually going through the broad way, the liberal way. And the word liberal, you know, we we um, we kind of link liberal as anything goes. Um, and I want to give us a slightly w- wider, robust understanding. Of what, what is it that Jesus is saying here about the, about the narrow way? Yes, Jesus is calling us to a way of life that is difficult to walk. A, a way of life where we have to be honest about our sinfulness and our shame and live our lives in a way where we are taking control of our lives. You know, we're not wild animals that can do whatever we lo- whatever we want. We're, we're human beings that are called to live our lives in a way that brings glory to God. Now, as I say that, there are some Christians who have this very narrow theology and doctrines on what the church is, and therefore say, "Well, actually, what what your what this is really about is having a very clear outlined." theology theological line that if you're not falling in line with this then you're going down the broad road and i think you could describe that as small-minded or or, or narrow-minded where you're not listening or you're not tolerating anybody else's um, perspectives or views and you're then prejudiced against their views because they have got to be wrong because i am right and you could talk about this being you know small minded having a rigid set of rules a narrow outlook that's very very narrow that nobody else if you're not in this then you literally you are out and you know i love the phrase a broad orthodoxy if you look at the church the church in the last 2000 years has had many views on many things at different points and if we track through church history, we can see there are changing views. There are changing views on slavery. Um, there, are, there are changing views at different seasons about what happens in hell. 
uh, you know, is hell eternal or is hell a season and all that kind of stuff. So, and you would never debate that some of the people that would propagate that theology was heretical. You know, John Stott, who we would say is the centerpiece of evangelicalism in the UK, you know, had interesting views really on, on hell that I wouldn't particularly agree with, but we would never say he's not a genuine Christian. So there's a danger of having a narrow-minded view and therefore reading a narrow-minded view kind of onto this passage. So when Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate, well, some people will say, well, that means that you've got to have this very narrow theological line. And if you if you don't agree with me on these particular issues, then actually you're going down what Jesus describes as the road of destruction, which is the wide gate. Um, and I don't think that's a particularly helpful way of reading this passage. What I would say is this, I love the phrase sweet spot. A sweet spot is a term used by audiophiles, people who are in the recording industry, where they recognise that there's a point between two speakers, that if you stand in that point, you have this sweet spot and you're capable of hearing a stereo mix that is perfect and you get the whole surround sound experience so there's a sweet spot in the cinema where, that when you sit there you're in the perfect spot between the bass speakers the treble speakers the speakers in front of you the speakers behind you and you get the perfect sound it's called the sweet spot and i think the same is with jesus when we get where jesus is we find that there is a sweet spot a, a point where it all is perfect and falls into place there's a sweet spot you know on a cricket bat or on a tennis racket and on that sweet spot on the tennis racket on the cricket bat if you hit the ball in that sweet spot it, it basically imparts the greatest amount of forward momentum onto that ball possible you are gonna get the ball to go as far as it possibly can at the fastest speed in the sweet spot i would say jesus is the sweet spot when jesus talks about this narrow way this difficult way i think he's talking about himself being the sweet spot and i love this idea that jesus's narrow way when jesus says the way to him the way into the kingdom is narrow i think What's amazing about this narrow way, you think about the gate in Jerusalem, there's a this gate, it's a metre and a half wide. From a distance, it looks tiny. But when you get up close to that gate in Jerusalem and you walk up to it, you realise it's wide enough for five of you to walk through it in one go. It's wide enough to squeeze a whole bunch of people through that, that gate. And I think sometimes when we think of the narrow way, what we actually find is in the narrow way, it's the most expansive place. That what looks difficult to enter, this Jesus way, is actually the narrow way of grace. And Jesus is kind of speaking into, you know, the religious leaders would tell you, here are all of the rules that you are going to need to get into heaven. And Jesus says, no, there is a narrow way. And the narrow way we know it him has jesus you know jesus says i am the way the truth and the life 
and in Jesus we think that's narrow it's difficult not many people can go through Jesus but actually once we stand in Jesus we get in the sweet spot of Jesus we realize how expansive graceful merciful and compassionate Jesus is the narrow way when we get in it is more broad and amazing than we could ever think now that's not me saying anything goes that's me saying Jesus is the way that goes it is Jesus Jesus is the graceful compassionate expansive way not rules not regulations so I want to argue that Jesus is the narrow way and the narrow way is grace the grace of Jesus the narrow way is what we use to access the fullness of the kingdom of God now let's talk about the broad way for a moment this wide road that leads to destruction for a moment because I think we live in the broad road the broad road let me read this these things out to you so culture tells us that we can accumulate as much wealth as we want culture tells us store up your finances the narrow way friends says give away be generous it's the opposite culture tells us that we can be selfish and self-centered do you do you you do what makes you happy culture tells us be selfish and self-centered jesus tells us to to do the total opposite to love compassion and to care about others culture tells us that we can indulge every appetite and desires you can do whatever you want the narrow way tells us don't be led by your appetites your stomach will lead you to eat things that are not good for you culture tells us that we can live for pleasure and leisure the kingdom says don't be lazy serve others wash other people's feet culture tells us that we can sleep with whoever we want whenever we want and the kingdom says no you are more important than that don't sleep with whoever whenever you are a treasured possession don't give yourself away don't cheapen yourself like that culture tells us that we can always put our careers first jesus in the narrow way says no don't put all of that stuff first put put god first put desiring what god wants for your life first not your boss or your manager culture tells us that we can identify um we can find identity in fame status or accomplishments what you do god says you know the narrow way is make god famous not about you becoming famous it's about making him famous culture tells us that we can always prioritize our comfort and convenience over others you know there is something about self-care but actually a lot of what culture tells us is self-care isn't self-care it's basically just ignore what everybody else needs culture tells us that we can judge reject or cancel uh, and um, with those that we disagree with you know we culture tells us hey cancel them get rid of them if you don't agree with them you get rid of them the kingdom doesn't say that the kingdom says look for unity look for commonplace look for ways that we can stand shoulder to shoulder culture tells us that we can vent our anger whenever we want the narrow way says watch your tongue culture tells us that we can make our own truth and our own morality 
and the kingdom way says no there is only one truth culture tells us that we can be consumed with self-image and superficial appearances what does jesus say you know you're worrying about your appearance why worry about these things you know god has all of these things in hand culture tells us that we can stay angry we can be unforgiving bitter towards those that hurt us the narrow way says be people of forgiveness uh, people who look to care for those that have hurt us pray for those that persecute you culture tells us we can neglect the poor and the disadvantaged because they don't work hard enough then ignore them the narrow way says serve the widow serve the orphan serve those that can't care for themselves culture tells us that we can replace human relationships with digital connections you don't need human relationships anymore we can just all go digital what does god call us to do be in community culture tells us that we can numb pain and escape all of our troubles through substances and addictions god says no i can I, you know i will be with you i will help you navigate the pain i will help you carry the pain culture tells us we can obsess over entertainment recreation and distractions god tells us don't be obsessed with all of these things and you know be obsessed with him culture tells us that we can let media and devices raise our kids the narrow way says no let the community like let the whole wider community care and bring up our children culture tells us that we can um mythologize science and human reason as savior we can culture tells us basically science is the way science is the way the narrow way says well no it's not just science there's there's something else there's a spiritual side to life culture tells us that we can overlook the value of spiritual disciplines like prayer and scripture the, the narrow way says no actually the answer is found in the spiritual disciplines of prayer and scripture so culture is giving us all the time these broad roads these roads that will ultimately lead us to consumerism uh, lead us to selfishness lead us to pride lead us to a place where it's all about us and our desires and we end up burning inside over the things that we uh, we desire and god who jesus teaches us no enter through the narrow way enter through the way that is harder work but is more satisfying at the end of the day the narrow way of jesus can feel oppressive as jesus says no don't behave that way don't act in that way don't think anything goes that can then end up feeling oppressive until friends the jesus way can look oppressive until we stand in the narrow way and in standing in the narrow way we realize that the narrow way of jesus is expansive it's graceful it's forgiving it's immense that in the narrow way we find the fullness of god and it's not as narrow as we like to think so god through jesus flings the door wide open for the narrow way the narrow way um was the way of religion where your behavior had to be impeccable 
Jesus now makes himself the narrow way. And in Jesus, we find the fullness of life. So Jesus flings open the narrow way. And in the narrow way, we find a God who loves us, forgives us, transforms us into his holy likeness. In the narrow way, we have to be changed by it. So what's interesting is in the narrow way, it's as we stand in the narrow way, we realize the presence of God is the holy presence and, and we have to change. It's too easy to go down the way of culture where anything goes, anything's allowed, anything is permissible because we think ultimately that's going to bring us to life in its fullest. But actually we find actually that the broad road is actually a road to destruction. And actually the narrow way that looks like it's controlling, that looks like it's difficult, that looks like it's really hard. Actually, when we get in the narrow way, when we say yes to the narrow way, we find it's expansive. And I don't mean expansive in liberal or allowing anything. I think it's expansive because the love of God is expansive. Broader is the narrow way than I think some of us realize because in there we find his love, his mercy, his grace. But in that narrow way, we also encounter the holiness of God, which is transforming. And it invites us, it calls us into a new way of living. Uh, that means we're not living the way of culture, but we're living the way of the upside down kingdom, where we're being uh, um, peaceful people, compassionate people, loving people. And we're also people who start to live our lives the more like what God wants us to live, where we're in control of our greeds, in control of our needs, in control of our desires, because he's helping us be in control of them. You know, we are not wild animals out of control. We're human beings that are called to hold and command our desires, where we're in charge of our desires. And this is what's quite confusing, because I think... It's so much easier to say, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this. It's easier to do that because, okay, I'm not going to do those things. Um, but it, what it does is it turns Jesus into this cosmic should. You know, he's just this divine shoulds and oughts. Um, so, and then people reject him because he's like, no, that's just, you know, God's just full of shoulds and oughts. But what we find in the narrow way through Jesus is it's not about shoulds and oughts. It's about the love of God us finding ourselves in the fullness of who he is and when we're in that place we find that they're not shoulds and oughts at all we actually find that they're life-giving pronouncements they're life-giving calls on our lives to live our lives not gluttonous where anything goes but actually controlling our desires controlling our hearts so that we're not wild but we're tamed and I think this is what it means for us to be disciples of Jesus. We are people who are being tamed by the holiness of God. Discipleship is being tamed by the holiness of God. We think holiness is what we are not doing. Don't do all these things and you'll become holy. But the holiness of God tames us as we encounter him in his narrow way. And we become the fullness of who we were designed to be. I hope that is helpful as we explore this narrow way of Jesus. That as we enter the narrow way, 
we actually find it's expansive with his love and expansive with his grace but in it there is transformation by his holiness and we become more like him in his fullest friends i hope you found that interesting helpful a little theologically deep in in some ways trying to explore this narrow way but remind yourself you know culture tells us a whole load of lies leaving us to think that will make us happy and at the end of the day we realize we've entered through that gate and we are no more happy than we ever were it's only happiness and contentment and joy can only be found in the narrow way because as we stand in the narrow way his holiness changes us and transforms us and that's the place where we become the truest version of ourselves friends grace and peace until next time have a wonderful week Thank you.